You better get ready. The coffee's poured and the on-air sign's flashing. Broadcasting live and local, this is Lee Faulkner on 864 Triple M. G'day, I'm Lee Faulkner and welcome to our little podcast version of the show. If you missed some things or you want to catch up on the complete experience, well, this is definitely the place to come. On the way, I got the chance to uh, have a chat with former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, who uh, came to the garden, is coming to the Garden City and uh, is going to be here in the lead up to the federal election. Uh, we discussed the Royal Family in the cafe, we had a bit of a laugh with You Can't Be Serious uh, and... And we got very serious about our tips for magic round in the smelly boots. Well, it is magic. Yep, magic round is upon us uh, for 2022. Cannot wait. And joining me to talk about all eight games this week. Uh, good morning, Gov. G'day, mate. How you going? I thought we would have had uh, Magic Mick from the soccer on this morning if it was Magic Brown. <laughs> That's right. Our good friend, Mr. Magic. Uh, yep, absolutely. With the Magic Round happening at Suncorp Stadium and uh, Paul Solid ready for K&R Plumbing Supplies and the Western Clydesdales. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, great to see. Uh, we had a, uh, a great turnout last weekend. Uh, I think mostly they came to hear you and I uh, doing the ground announcing and uh, the sideline commentating and interviews at halftime. Uh, but uh, we got to see a great Host Plus Cup match. Yeah, it was a very good match, wasn't it? It was uh, pretty thrilling and they swapped uh, leads a little bit. And the uh, Papua New Guinea side, they don't leave anything left uh in the tank, do they? Uh, they really get in, and the crowd, geez, they get behind them with every tackle. It was great. It was a fantastic day. All right. Well, uh, at least two of us are smiling after last weekend's round of rugby league. We'll get to that in uh, just a moment. Let's have a look at the uh, kickoff of Magic Round. It happened six o'clock tonight. The duel, the Bulldogs taking on the Knights. Not much to separate them as far as the bookies concerned. And um, look for mine, Gov. It's a toss of a coin with these two. Absolutely. If you look at it, 15 plays 16, so it's probably not the best opening for the Magic Round. But look, yeah, tough game. Um, oh, I don't know. Look, the Knights, they're missing Frizzell. They're also missing Gagai, and Kirk Mann's also out through injuries. So on the back of that, I think the Bulldogs possibly get them. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs because, uh, you know, their association with the Western Clydesdales. <laughs> and, uh, I am solid number two. Let's see how the man himself goes. Solid. Oh, mate, all the way. All Support the, way. the Bulldogs wholeheartedly, so I'm yep. going to go with the Bulldogs. I'll be there in the stand cheering for them in me blue and white. Yeah. Ready to go. Fantastic. Well, Trent Barrett's uh, not even bothering getting on the plane as we speak. Uh, no, Gus so will be coaching him. Gus is okay. coaching now, I would imagine, the case. All right, not a lot to divide the second game either. It'll, it'll essentially be a home game for the Broncos, but I think it's actually meant to be the other way. Uh, it's the Seagulls and the Broncos uh, at 8.05. Uh, again, could be a bit of a toss of a coin. It just depends on which of the, uh, the sides turn up. How do you see it going solid? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, Broncos have been a little bit impressive lately. I haven't been uh, tipping them, and maybe that's the key to them. They're getting better, but they return Capewell and Haas this week, so that'll only add to their their depth. So, look, I'm going to go with them at home, the Broncos. I'm going to uh, tip them, and it might actually... Knock them over, you never know, but I'll go with the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, says Kevy. Uh, Gov? <laughs> Yeah, look, um, the Magic Round, you, we've got matchups all over the place. Seven plays eight again in this game. Um, Broncos, as I sold it, alluded to, a home game. Um, Hass and Capel are back. Adam Reynolds in, in probably career best form. Gee, Tommy Turbo's back, whether he's got enough under his belt to get him over the line. But I think Broncos on a little bit of a wave. I think I'm going to go with him at home. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with you. I, toss of a coin, but I think the Broncos may be just in front of that jam-packed Suncorp Stadium crowd. There should be uh, plenty of people there. It should be a sellout. So uh, I'll go for the Broncos there. They might be playing water polo the way it's going. Uh, it's set to ease into the weekend, so hopefully we'll see a bit more of a dry track come Saturday. The first game is at 3 o'clock when the Warriors take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, the poor old Warriors, I mean, they just can't take a trick. Uh, I, I really question how their coach is going to stick around now. Nathan Brown following that embarrassment last week at one stage up against 11 players for most of the game up against 12 and they still couldn't get the job done. Uh, Gov, any chance that they can turn their fortunes around against the Rabbitohs? Yeah, yeah. Look, Nathan Brown is in all sorts of trouble. He's got no hair so he can't fall out. Um, <laughs> 10 plays 9 in this game too so this magic round things are actually it is pretty crazy. Um, Adam Reynolds is at the Broncos. Obviously the Rabbitohs are missing him because Cody Walker hasn't stood up. Um, Cameron Murray's out. I see he's got a shoulder injury so they're going to miss him. I'm going to go the Rabbits on the back of the Warriors' dismal form last week. All right. Uh, solid? Yeah, look, I probably agree with Gov. It could go either way. This, You wouldn't know at the Warriors whether they rally or not, but uh, the Rabbits, I think uh, Cody Walker's got to really step up and stop his rubbish and just play football, which is what he'd be better at. So I'll go with the Rabbits to resurrect their season. All right. <clears throat> uh, let me uh, throw my two cents worth in for the second game, 5.30. Uh, it's uh, the Dragons for me now. Let's see it battle out between uh, these two. Uh, Gov, I'll get to you in a moment, but uh, solid. They're up against the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, I know you've got a soft spot for them, so you're sticking solid with them. I'm going to go with the Titans, actually, to there get back on track. They've made some changes. and um, Never in doubt. Yeah, I'm hoping they can. So it's probably more hope than actually thinking they will, but I'll go with the Titans. Uh, Gov, uh, you're probably not surprised at him sticking as solid as he does, but uh, I'm assuming you'll do the same with the big red V. Well, I had a, everything prepared for solid, but now he's gone with them, so there's my whole script on down the gurgle. <laughs> yeah, look, the Titans are going to be much trust better in your work. <laughs> <laughs> same, as, same as the Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, um, Dragons had three in a row before they, uh, they ran into the storm, but um, getting beaten by the storm's not uh, the worst thing in the world, and a lot of teams are going to find out throughout the season. I'm going to stick with the Dragons and get over the top of the Titans in this All one. All right. What Gov, about the class? Gov, how long are you going to be saying that one? Like 10, 15 minutes? Rounds in, you're going to say earlier in the season we had three in a row, we've had eight losses a row. Well, that's right. We're going to be living on this street a row for a while, I think. Well, you know, I'm taking a photo of it on my screen here on the computer, mate. Yeah, speaking of which, we've been living on that from the 1980s, don't you worry? Yeah, we uh, have. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 81, 82, 83, bring it back. All right, 7.45. What about this final game of that uh, of Saturday? Uh, the Storm and the Panthers. This will be an absolute cracker. Uh, the Panthers just getting beaten in a heartbreaker to the form side of the competition, and the Melbourne Storm, well, they've been winning by 50 every week, just about. Uh, how do you separate these two, Gov? Yeah, well, one place, two. Saturday, 8.45, 7.45. The place will be pumping fair income. It's going to be an absolute cracking game, as you alluded to. Um, Pappenhausen out, which is going to take the shine off a little bit. Uh, Reba Smith's also out as well. It takes the shine off the centres. Um, yeah, gee, Storm are pretty hard to beat at Suncorp. They've got a good record there, but... I'm thinking Panthers got beaten last week. Not going to be very happy about that. I think Ivan Cleary's probably addressed that. I'm going to go to the Panthers, but gee, this is toss the coin. Yep, it'll be a cracker. It'll be almost uh, a semi-final type game. Uh, Solid, I'm on the Panthers on the back of exactly what Gov's saying, that they're going to probably bounce back from a loss. How do you feel? 
Oh, well, years of the form tipsters, so I'll go with both years as well. I'll tip the Panthers uh, on the back of Pappenhausen being out. There you go. They're That'll gone. do me. Uh, they yep. are completely gone. Uh, <laughs> then we move to uh, Sunday. I'll be there with my uh, my son having a uh, look at these three games. Uh, at one fifty, it's the Sharks taking on the Canberra Raiders. Uh, look, both of these sides are capable of a win on their day, but the Raiders are well and truly outsiders, according to the bookies. How do you see this one going, Gov? Yeah, look, Sharks in four spot, Raiders are in twelve spot. Um, Kennedy's out, and also Jesse Ramian's out, um, so that's going to take the shine off the Sharks a little bit. Nico Hine goes back to fullback, which is he's been their best playmaker all year. He should still be in the halves. I'm not sure about him being him at fullback. Having said that, Frawley and Snyder haven't exactly been setting the world on fire at the Raiders either. Toss of the coin, Sharks on their form, get away with this one. All right, uh, solid. Yeah, Sharks are very impressive. Even when they were down to eleven men, they were. They were everywhere in defence and attack they played. And, you know, when you've got fellas like Wade Graham, you know, he's just coming back in, starting to get in some form. I think they'll be too good for the Raiders, the Sharks. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to go the Raiders. I tipped them last week. They got home for me. That gave me the six out of eight just to pip you solid with the five out of eight. You guys stuck with the doggies. Uh, and I think the Raiders, the Sharks, having had to do all that extra work to cover for an extra man, I think they're going to have lead in the legs. It'll be a wet track. And I... T- Tip the Raiders to uh, to come home with a wet sail. We'll go to the next game then. Uh, this should be a cracker too. The Roosters and the Eels last week. The Eels are doing what nobody had been able to do since 2019. Beat Penrith at home. That goes along with beating Melbourne at home. Uh, surely we've got the good solid to uh, to do it with the Roosters. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Eels. I was impressed with well, how I they mean, played no, last we, week. We knew so, that. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. a lay down Mazzea. Please. I'm, Solid as. Yeah, I've tipped solid them every as a week, rock. I think. I don't remember tipping against them. Nope. The best of my recollection, I haven't. Never. <laughs> Certainly not last so, week um, against the Panthers. So, hang on, we've talked about this week. You're only as good as your last game. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, I'll go out here. I'm, I'm sticking solid with them over the roost. Oh, it'll do, mate. Uh, I'm solid number two, and I'm jumping straight back on the bandwagon. Come on, the Eels. Uh, Gov, where are we going? Yeah, yeah. Look, the Roosters had a big win over the Titans last week, but I don't think that's going to put them in good stead for this one. Uh, Eels are in great form, and uh, you two characters are on them, so I'm going to jump on the Eels as well. And oh, then, God. And then to wrap out Magic Round, uh, North Queensland Cowboys, they have been storming home just recently. The Tigers, a couple of shock wins there by one point, 6.25. Uh, look, I think the Cowboys can get it done. What are your thoughts there, Solid? Yeah, I'll go with them. They've really resurrected their season. They're yeah. in good form, but their defence is amazing. So, And they've unearthed a couple of good back rowers there that are really uh, performing well. So I'll go with the Cowboys over the Tigers. All right. And uh, Gov? Yeah, I think their form um, kicking off has um, coincided with Scotty Drinkwater coming into the side. He just adds that bit of spark, and he's just a little unpredictable fullback. He can chime in wherever he likes. I think they continue the Tigers' woes this week. All right. <laughs> and Sola, what's happening locally? Yeah, so the TRL's back on. A couple of very good games on Saturday afternoon. You'll have Waddles versus Pittsworth. Pittsworth starting to resurrect their season. They'll go well. Also, Gatton versus Warwick. That'll be a cracker. Both of them coming off good wins last week. And then on Sunday, Dolby take on Highfields. That's going to be a very good game out of Dolby. So looking forward to some Toowoomba Rugby League. And the Wagner's Clydesdales, they're off to Townsville. So they're flying up there on Saturday. And it'll be a cracking match for them against the uh, the Blackhawks. Looking forward to all of that. Enjoy Magic Round, boys. And we will talk again next Friday. Have a good one. Gather die yards. 
You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious, and it's official. The world has gone completely nuts. The British Bung Company is on the end of a lawsuit over a word. And surprisingly, it's not the word bung. A panel of judges in Sheffield have ruled that calling a man bald is, wait for it, sexual harassment. Okay, stop the ride. I want to get off. Now, it's important to keep in mind that each of the three judges overseeing the North Yorkshire Tribunal themselves are um, follically challenged and concluded using the word bald to describe someone is a form of discrimination. No, it's a fact. But okay, if they were fired for being bald, then I'm on board. One of the judges pointed to the fact that baldness is more prevalent among men than women, making it a form of prejudice. Oh, I can see him getting slapped by Will Smith. Anyway, the judges also moaned about their own baldness during the hearing, which basically suggests commenting on a man's baldness at work is the same as remarking on the size of a woman's breasts. No, commenting on a man's baldness at work would only be the same as commenting on a woman's baldness at work. The judges decided on the ruling during a case brought by electrician Tony Finn, who was fired from the British Bung Company last year. Finn, who will now be compensated, claiming sexual harassment following an incident in which he was called a bald... Well, I can't finish that, but needless to say, I would be far more concerned about the second word than the first. Lead judge Jonathan Brain then decided that King's comments weren't just insulting, but sexual harassment, citing in our judgment there is a connection between the word bald and the protected characteristic of sex. We find it inherently related to sex. Once again, no, bald is inherently related to being bald, and that's it. So what's next? Bald Eagles versus the US government? Bald Mountain versus the state of New South Wales? Or Bald Tyres versus the Department of Transport? I'm done. You cannot be serious! Well, obviously, the election is looming. And before you head to the polls, uh, there's some big decisions to be made, particularly in the seat of Groom. And you know that I've talked about this for a very long time. Our Labor candidate is Jen Allpass and uh, is being supported by the former Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd, who uh, joins me on the line ahead of his trip to the Garden City. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning, and I'm looking forward to being back in the Garden City. But I understand we've got a major weather event unfolding so to anyone listening to the program be safe and i'm thinking in particular of the good people of grantham who have been through so much in recent times absolutely thank you for that i and i know that you're flying in so uh, hopefully you'll avoid the uh, the scenario that is uh, unfolding on our on our highways but uh, it'll be wonderful to have you here uh, putting your support behind uh, jen all past the the labor party uh, just maybe explain to for those listening why it's so important that a marginal seat happens in an area like groom that has been a place that has uh, for a hundred plus years been dominated by one party well, the reason I'm coming is I think all Australians, um, all Queenslanders, and I'm a Queenslander and from a rural and regional area myself, mm. everyone needs to have a fair and open choice when it comes to choosing your local federal rep- representative because who makes up the federal government of Australia really does matter. And obviously the federal seat of Groom has been a long-standing, safe um, uh, national party, Liberal Party, or now Liberal National Party seat. But I think people like uh, Garth Hamilton, who's been recently elected, um, needs to know that there's a challenge on, mm. um, whether it's from Jen Allpass, the Labor candidate, the independent, Susie Holt. Because when I pick up from various friends and family friends that I've got in Toowoomba, and I've visited Toowoomba a lot over the years, 
is that their concern about Garth Hamilton is that he's just not listening to the community and doesn't have a local plan for Toowoomba's future. And you've got housing affordability problems, there are employment problems, um, and frankly, um, a fairly dysfunctional NBN as well because of turning it from fibre optic to the premises yes. to, um, to copper uh, under this government. So I, what I pick up is that local people are genuinely angry. Absolutely. And there's a number of other uh, scenarios unfolding too with regards to a a major entertainment facility that would bring jobs and uh, tourism to our region that seems to be being ignored by the LNP and that has turned a number of major former supporters of the LNP uh, to turn away to other alternatives. Uh, And this is exactly why uh, we are talking about this on such a regular basis. Well, you see, and because I'm a Queenslander, even though I spend most of my time running an American think tank in New York these days, mm-hmm. I am back here for the federation. I have followed this local debate about, um, first of all, the WellCamp uh, quarantine facility, uh, and now this WellCamp entertainment precinct. And on the quarantine facility, people will have different views. But the bottom line is, it's a very large-scale investment in the region. And it's unlike what the LNP say, um, this is not a white elephant because we're going to, in the future, continue to need to have facilities for processing um, refugees, for example, when we, in the future, inevitably take uh, people from Ukraine, given the the appalling circumstances unfolding there. We're going to need facilities like this, just like we use Howard Springs in the Northern Territory. I'm pretty disappointed that the LNP has basically um, not been supportive at any level of this very big investment by the state Labor government together with uh, the Wagner family and that. Then you go to the entertainment precinct. State government's pledged $40 million to support the Wagner's new $170 million entertainment precinct at Wellcamp, incorporating motorsport, a very large performance hall. Um, and the Wagners are also looking for a federal contribution to match the state uh, contribution. But so far, um, the LNP uh, federal member, Garth Hamilton, is just saying no. So no wonder there is um, a lot of interest in what um, Jen Allpass, the Labor candidate, is having to say about these things and also um, why I see that Susie Holt, the independent, is doing well as well. Absolutely. Uh, What do you want people to consider then uh, on election day and perhaps uh, those that we're... And we seem to have a a large number of people who are pre-polling at the moment uh, before they cast their vote that may be uh, one that has been handed down through generations to them. You know, Toowoomba is a great city and it's a great regional city. I first visited Toowoomba as a kid when my parents, would you believe, used to go up there and uh, tow a caravan all the way from the Sunshine Coast to participate in a regional uh, bowls carnival. (laughs) So I used to be toted up there as an eight or nine-year-old and wander around the Garden City and my mum used to take me to the Carnival of Flowers. So it's a great city. But you know something? If you're going to ensure that you're going to have a long-term future for big, significant regional towns and cities like Toowoomba, yes. you've got to continue to renew your political representation. And um, in the town I grew up in, in Nambour, for example, it's been a rock-solid LNP seat for 100 years. But in the state election, Nambour voted in a Labor member for the yeah. first time since 1922. And the reason for that was that people were fed up with the LNP taking these seats for granted. And that's the problem that you've got in an area like Toowoomba, the Darling Downs, and the federal seat of Groom. 
where the LNP just think this is their own territory. They don't have to work hard. They don't have to listen to the community. They don't have to get out there and work like the rest of us had to work. Now, it's a 20% LNP seat. Um, when I was elected in Brisbane, the federal seat of Griffith, um, I, uh, this is before, obviously, I became prime minister. It was a 2% seat held by the Liberals. I won it back. I eventually turned it into about a 10 or 12% seat for the Labor Party. We've held it ever since. But your local members and candidates have to work their guts out with the local community to continue to earn local support. I'm not sure that Garth Hamilton's doing that, and that's why he's got a big challenge on his hands. He certainly does that. Uh, Former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, thank you very much for your time this morning on my show, and uh, we uh, we welcome you to the Garden City uh, when you arrive a little later today. Uh, Safe travels, and uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you so much, and everyone else out there listening to this um, radio broadcast, be safe as well, given what the weather is doing. All the best. And we do it with a, a lot of help from Milk and Honey and Street and Tour. If you need a little bit of help uh, getting up and going on these dreary mornings, what a great place to go and start your day. Freshly squeezed orange juice, eggs, Benny. What more could you possibly want? Thank you. Milk and Honey and Street in Toowoomba. Uh, joining me in the cafe this morning, Toowoomba Regional Councillor Carol Taylor. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Don't forget the coffee, Lee. It's oh, fabulous. Oh, how good is that coffee? <laughs> very, very good boy, on a day like oh boy. this. That gets me going most mornings. And uh, from Tisby, uh, very Good morning, Ali Davenport. Hello. All right, let's have a chat about this because, you know, I know they've been much loved uh, and particularly for those uh, who have a connection to the old dart, uh, the royal family. But are we starting to get to the point where uh, what they represent is very different to what uh, life is all about now? Uh, A lot of criticism from an image of Prince Charles delivering the Queen's speech, sitting in a gold gilded throne said that it had diamonds encrusted into it. It is royal jewels next to him that would be worth more than most of our homes. And then telling us all that they're concerned about the cost of living for the average family. It seems very much out of step with where we are. But there's another argument to it. Uh, they bring a lot of money into that nation because of tourism. Uh, so... What do we do about the royal family when the Queen does eventually leave us? Is it time, Carol, for us to draw a red line through the monarchy as it stands at the moment and perhaps just turn them into a tourism industry as opposed to having any real say in what's going on in the world? Uh, I don't know. First of all, when you look at that article, we have to remember it was Parliament. It was Parliament, and he was opening Parliament on behalf of Her Majesty the Queen. I think it was the House of Lords. So he was in the House of Lords. Mm. The monarch can, is not allowed to enter the House of Commons. Okay. They can't enter the House of Commons. And I've been over there and been in both Houses of Parliament. So it's just a figure, I suppose. It's mm. somewhere that uh, uh, the chair signifies the House of Lords and the, yeah. and the post of that. So I, I don't see that as, a, as an issue. Uh, the other question about the... The monarchy. I, I suppose. What's the other? What's the solution? Yeah. Have populist people mm-hmm. at the head of the country. I, I think the royal family are fairly steady. The queen has been really steady. I have no reason to think Prince Charles is going to be any different. Yep. I think we'll eventually be in a republic. I'm a bit of a monarchist. I, um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that a populist, um, uh, somebody who's would end up being a sports person or someone off a off our neighbours or, or what has gone now, but yep. off something else. Uh, and I, w- we need, at least the royal family 
is is stable and represents a stability in the community. Okay. So I just it, it's a good conversation to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we have moved on from the who's got what and what what matters yeah. about people, and I think that's a very good thing. Yeah. But I think we need to get this particular thing into context. It was opening the house. In the House of Lords, it was opening the Parliament. And what he said was what the Parliament of the day wrote down for the monarch to say. All right. So they're not his words. It's what the monarch was given by her government. Yeah. All right. Ali, I mean, how did you find that representation? I I had to... I laughed, honestly. <laughs> Someone there with his, and he had yeah. all these medals yeah, on yeah, yeah. in this beautiful throne with yeah. gold and diamonds. It is beautiful. To- oh, yeah. and to- but, but talking about, you know, the cost of living pressures for people and it was like, oh, my goodness, talk about tone deaf. But, you know, as, as Carol said, he, he didn't write that speech. No. Um, so whoever wrote it was toned down. Yeah, okay. Um, but so in, it's how they're being represented. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Prime Minister of the day. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, But also, I mean, I'm torn. I, I um, One side of me says, you know, practical, what do they do? You know, costs a lot of money. You know, what's their significance now? But then the other side says, you know, it's a 1,200-year-old tradition. Yeah. Um, you know, and as and as Carol said as well, they bring in a lot of money for tourism. And I don't know, like, where would New Idea be without, you know, <laughs> without yeah, them on the front cover? Point, yeah. But also, I mean, I I love stories about them. I'm one of those. I'm clickbait. Like, they are clickbait. I'm whatever it is. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I click on any story. About, about the royals. The royals. Yeah. I'm hopeless. I, I love Princess Anne because she's a no-nonsense. Get oh, on she with says it as yeah, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And who doesn't love the crown? Who yeah. hasn't seen the crown? I watch cool. it. How good yeah. was Claire Foy as oh. a queen back in oh. the day? I mean, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was <laughs> yeah. really good. So really, I'm torn. I don't yeah. know. Mm. I don't think it's time for a red line underneath it. No, yep. I think, I you know, Australia it. should be considering what do we do because, yep. you know, it's not our country. No, but, um, uh, but, yeah, in terms of England, no, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> and it's interesting <laughs> that other uh, countries who've lost their royal family are actually really pining to have them back. Yeah. Okay. Um, I so think that's an interesting as a, point. A, perhaps not as in the, you know, yeah. in, in a role in the government. But more but as a figurehead. As figure a figurehead head. type yep. thing. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, anything that's a 1,200-year-old tradition, I think you, you don't just you don't just draw a red line under it without yeah. careful, careful consideration. Uh, do we want Prince Charles's king just to finish this off? Not I mean, really. you know, <laughs> well, even I, if someone, I, you know. I would have said no yep. 10 years ago. Yep. Uh, I think uh, he's been a little bit maligned. Yeah. Um, and I and don't think any of us doing. really, we only know the media side of Prince Charles. Of course. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, like and heaven things. forbid the media doesn't always. Lee? No offence. <laughs> it's our fault. So I don't I know. know. I, I guess hey, look, that's To be to, honest, yeah. it's either the council's yeah. fault or the media's fault, yeah, Carol. Always, so always, one, yeah. one way or the yeah, other, well, it's your fault you know, or mine. We need to get, find the tap to turn the rain off and then we need to find the tap to turn the money on. Well, if you hadn't yeah. been cloud seeding all this yeah. time, then we wouldn't have this trouble right now. Uh, and if the media Who? didn't keep telling us how much rain's in the gauge, well, then there wouldn't be floods. Who would have thought uh, we'd so ever be, be complaining honest. about too much rain? <laughs> I said that to someone this morning. It is unbelievable. It's always the way in Australia, isn't it?
All right, you've heard the thoughts here at the cafe. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, 13353. Is it time to draw a red line through the royal family and move on from that era? Uh, or is it just one of those great traditions that we should stick with? You can certainly weigh in on 13353. It's 19 past eight. Councillor Carol Taylor from the Toowoomba Regional Council. Thank you thank as you. always. You, and from uh, TSBE, the CEO, Ali Davenport. Thank you. Thank can you, I just say something, please, Lee? Yeah. Please, everybody, just drive carefully to oh, the road please. conditions. Have your lights on. And if you don't need to go out, please don't go out. Thank mm, you. Great photo on the paper today as well. Oh. Uh, yeah, very nice. Well done. Oh, 20 past eight.